Hey guys, welcome to episode 21 of the BAC Hockey for Hope podcast. Um, this episode, while it's taken me a bit of time here to publish, uh, it was an interview that I did uh, a few months back in the summer. Um, probably one of my favorite ones that uh, I had done um, throughout this entire uh, little project. Um, so our guest today is uh, Kevin Swanson. Um, Swan is the owner of uh, GDI in Calgary um, and as well a goalie coach with the Lethbridge Hurricanes um, of the Western Hockey League. Um, Swanee I've gotten to know just over the last few years um, just through, uh, through hockey obviously of course. Um, we do some work together in the summer with our four-on-four tournament um, but uh, what I've found with him is just he's incredibly bright um, very hardworking, very smart, um, very detail-oriented uh, guy and, and hockey person, and always have really enjoyed my conversations with him um, about the sport and about everything, really. Um, and this one is no different. I think I learned a ton in this interview about uh, goalies, um, managing them, coaching them, teaching them, getting the most out of them in your practices, um, all stuff that uh, we kind of talk about here. and. Um, so I think this is a, any, whether you're a goalie parent or not, or a goalie or a coach or whatever, I think this is a really good episode to uh, tune into. Um, we also debunk the myth of uh, small goalies that I know is kind of a common thing. Uh, one of the, I would say more, uh, one of the other trends, I guess, that's going on in the game of hockey right now, especially uh, as players go from Banta midget through to junior and, and onwards, um, the height and size of goalies it comes up way too often uh, much like it did for defensemen many years ago and now no one really talks about it and you see guys that are 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", that are six feet that are having a bunch of success at, at every level um, and it really just comes down to their their willingness to work to learn compete um, you know their mobility their decision making and IQ um, and all that kind of comes before size does uh, and it's kind of reversed where goalies now um, there's that stigma that they have to be six foot two plus or whatever it is and um, that's not true so we talk about that a um, bunch of other things here so hope you guys enjoy this episode with uh, Lethbridge Hurricanes goalie coach and owner of GDI Kevin Swanson thank you Yeah, so I spent uh, I spent four years in the Western League. I, you know, I started in Prince George, played my first year there. Um, midway, about ten games into my second season there, I got traded to Kelowna, where I spent uh, three years uh, there. Was fortunate enough to get drafted by the Canucks in in '99. Um, two years later, went on to sign sign an entry level deal with them, and then spent. Uh, spent two years in the East coast league and, and ultimately that's where, where things ended up for me. Um, what led to you retiring or finishing playing? Um, you know, a lot of it honestly was just sort of, you know, the, the passion sort of left a little bit to be honest. And, and, um, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, my career wasn't going where I wanted it to or, or where I expected it to. And, and uh and that passion was starting to dwindle and and i think sort of when that happens and and you don't have that love for the game it's it's probably time to time to get out and move on oh, fair enough how many years uh did you play pro after getting drafted two years pro after 
after my overage. I played my overage year in the Western League. Okay. And your best numbers are in the American League, the highest level. Well, well I'll, I'll tell you why, because I only played 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> That's why they were the best. So, yeah, I got uh, I got called up, and, and um, we were in Grand Rapids, and they were really good. I mean, at that point, their farm system was unbelievable. So, um, I think it was like 6-2 after two periods, and, and I got the tap to go in and, and played, played last 20. I think I made – nine to ten or something and so yeah that that's why my numbers are the best there is because i never played enough to, to get those numbers yeah, that, could, that could go either way if you let one in then you're gonna have the worst numbers of the, at that place yeah that's so, true i could have, i could have a 13.6 yeah, against true. i guess so. <laughs> um so when did you get into coaching uh basically right after right after those years of, of pro and and um you know, when I was when I was in the Canucks organization, they had a goalie coach named Ian Clark, who's who's actually back with the Canucks now. He was in Columbus and and um, some other stops along the way, but uh, but he was the goalie coach there. And and you know, to be honest, I hadn't really been taught anything growing up, and that was sort of my first introduction to you know technique and and uh, you know actual actual skills that uh, the younger goalies were learning. So. Um, I reconnected with him after I stopped playing. He had a company called uh, GDI, which is now, and and they were starting to franchise all throughout North America. So um, I jumped on board with the opportunity to to sort of mentor under him, and and basically got going right away after that. So that would have been about 2003 when so I when I started was, with him. That was when GDI started. Yeah, I mean GDI as a, as a bigger brand was was in business for a while before that oh. under Ian Clark and, and um, you know, sort of me starting the, the Alberta region. Uh, that's when it, I initially started it and, and it was basically more like a franchise setup. Whereas, whereas now obviously we're, we're on our own and, and the bigger, bigger GDI name is no longer. So, um, you know, that's been a, for a while now that, that we just sort of operate on our own as, as GDI. Did you know that, like, when you got into coaching, was there ever any thought about being like a hockey coach, or was it always wanting to just be a goalie, goalie guy? Yeah, I was never, to be perfectly honest, I was never interested in being a hockey coach. Um, it was always just, you know, goalie specific. Um, you know, maybe that's partly just because that's how I got started, and never really thought to get into the to the other side. Um, you know, now as I've, you know, coached longer uh the player coaching side is is really i like i try to learn as much as i can like i'm not a, an expert by any means but i really try to get a lot of insight into into the systems and into you know player skill development cuz i think it helps me as a goalie coach too but but i never really to be honest never really thought about being just a just a player coach or, or you know a head coach assistant coach it was never really on my radar how do you find that like learning that sort of information helps as a goalie coach for teams and working with goalies? Well, I think just understanding, like understanding the systems and, you know, where guys, uh, where players like to go on the ice to, to find openings and, and what they're looking for and, and, and power play setups and all that. Cause, cause then, you know, once as a coach and as a goalie, once you have a deeper understanding of, of what players intentions are and what they're trying to do mm -hmm. um it, it can only help you right so so i think it's helped me in my coaching and 
and, and to understand like, okay, this is what players are looking to do. How do we best defend against that? And yeah. then you just become more aware as a coach and more aware as a goaltender, what's going on on the ice. Right on. Um, so you started your first, uh, started working with Swift as a goalie coach. Um, you didn't play for them, did you? No. So how did no. you end up back there? Um, Dean, Dean Schnelth was the, was the GM head coach and, and, uh, him and Ian Clark were together in Seattle. So, so they had a connection and, and when Swift was looking for a goalie coach, uh, Dean reached out to Ian and, and Ian recommended me. Um, you know, I was a not relatively close drive, I guess, uh, to, to go there. So, so got that opportunity through Ian and, and Dean brought me on board and that was when I got my, my first opportunity there. And I, I think it was about six years I spent uh, in Swift. Later was was Mark Lamb was the was the head coach after Dean left and went on to uh, went on to pro. So mm-hmm. um, you know the latter part was was with Mark, who's now obviously with uh, the Prince George Cougars. Yeah. So what does that job look like being a goalie coach? Like you're not there full time. Um, like how? What's the relationship with the coaching staff, with players, um, and then with the goalies? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I like when when I was going to Swift, I would spend, you know, since it was a five hour drive, I would go in basically once a month, but spend a longer duration there. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I'm with Leftbridge, it's a closer closer commute, obviously. So so I'll go multiple times um, a week, so that I'm you know I'm seeing the guys twice a week, um, you know, depending on travel schedules and all that, right? And and sometimes more if we're playing here in Calgary or playing in Red Deer or I can get to games on the weekend, that sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think now, I think now it's the relationship in Lethbridge is awesome. You know, Brent and the staff are, are, are really good at, you know, encouraging everybody to, to stay in the loop and everybody's opinions valued. And, and I get lots of time to work with the goaltenders and, and uh, it's really accommodating that way. So, so basically when, when I go, um, I'll spend, sometimes 45 minutes before practice, just working with the goaltenders. Um, if I can split that up and work with, with Thompson and Ted Chuck individually, I will do that. If not, we'll, we'll go together. It all depends on the workload and how the guys are feeling and, and maybe what that practice looks like. And, and um, you guys set up, the assistant coaches set up some skill sessions this year too. So there are some mornings where we would go out as well and they would take some players out and do, do skill work and I would take the goalies out too. So that was something we added this year. That was pretty good too. Cause that way I could split my time um, between the two goalies and get, get a little more individualized approach with the two guys. So for like, in terms of content and what you're working on with them, is a lot of it just stuff that you see in, in watching their video or is it stuff that you are learning in communication with Brent and the staff? Um, I guess just like, how does the relationship between you and Brent work, um, when talking about the goalies? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, a lot at the start of the year is, is a lot of sort of foundation stuff and getting, you know, getting the pro habits back. Um, you know, I do see Ted Chuck a little bit in the summer, but I don't see Tommy at all. So it's, it's basically reconnecting and getting that foundation back during the year. It's a lot of, like you said, it's a lot of 
um, sort of diagnose and, and go, right? Like you see some trends in their game or things that are happening or communication, like you said, with the coaches is like, okay, maybe he's having a tough time fighting through screens. I mean, the beauty of today's age is like the video is amazing. So, um, you know, I'm watching all the games online if I'm not there uh, immediately after Andrew Doty has everything broken down and, and, you know, it takes five minutes to go through every single clip. So, so it's, you know, it's pretty easy that way to be able to, to analyze the video. And then, and then obviously, like you said, conversations with the coaches is like, mm-hmm. well, because they're seeing it live a lot of times when I'm not, it's like, well, he's really having a tough time. If like, say it was screens or, um, you know, whatever the case may be, the rebound control, whatever. And then that way we can just target our, our approach, target our lessons towards that. Do you find like at any point do you like in working with them, um, it's like more kind of preparing for their, like the opponent. And like you talked, talked earlier about understanding tendencies of players on the other team or systems from the other team. And I know that's a big thing for goalies that are at that level. Um, is that something you do too with the guys like learn tendencies from the other teams and then implement that into what you guys are working on? Yeah. And and that's more probably my communication with the coaches, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, getting their input. Okay. What do, what do these guys tend to do? So, you know, are they an off the rush team? Are they more of a, you know, work down low end zone team and, and, you know, our, our staff there in Lethbridge just does an incredible job, you know, breaking down and doing the pre-scouting. So, um, you know, there's no shortage of information for our players and, 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 yeah, you can tailor your focuses going into the game, right? So, um, you know, with with my goalies, I always, you know, it's hard as a goaltender. Like, you're always sort of looking at the, you know, statistically how you going into a game, right? And I just think that's the wrong approach. So, I always have three focuses going into, into the game. And, I, you know, I don't dictate that to the goalies. I communicate that with them and say, okay, what do you think are, are three things that are going to make you successful? Mm-hmm. So, now you're really focused on three three small things that are going to give you success instead of, uh, you know, burning yourself with, Oh man, I have to let in less than three goals or less right. than two goals, or I have to have a 900 save percentage. I just think it's more manageable uh, for a goalie just to, to have those simple focuses and, 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 you know, getting back to the point there that can come through understanding your opponent. So if you know that they're, they're good off the rush and, and then maybe you're, you're, um, your one focus is, Hey, I got to make sure I manage my depth properly. Otherwise I'm going to get caught flat footed and get beat a lot. Right. But yeah, just being more processed focused than uh, results. hundred percent. I, I just think it's, you know, the, the game as, as a goaltender is tough enough mentally um, to sort of focus on, on results is, is uh, can really beat you down sometimes. So, you know, if you focus more on the process and just, doing what you need to do to be successful then then I think it's a little bit more manageable mentally. Do you find that like working with younger goalies they are very focused on save percentage or goals against like they're very results focused before process driven? Yeah I think I think uh, innately every goalie is like even goalies at our level higher level you know it's always you know you're always looking at that stats page and and seeing where your numbers are and you know, with all the advanced analytics stuff now, we, you know, people are starting to realize that maybe those numbers don't mean as much as you think they do. Um, 
but definitely at the younger younger ages for sure it's that's probably number one right and that's you know that's even mom or dad counting the shots and and the taking stats on their phone and doing all that sort of stuff too and yeah. and and to me that just adds more pressure to the to the kid and and um it's basically just, i think it's just the you know the reverse way you should go about things yeah i would agree and i think i'm guilty of it too and i know ozzy and i've had near fist fights about <laughs> in the past and that was kind of what he thought and um and i even as, as a coach like i had never thought about it any different than okay well your save percentage needs to be above 900 if it's not yeah not doing your job and that's probably the wrong way to look at it i mean there is some stats that you can look at that that are going to give you some more value but you really got to go in depth and yeah um i did it this year started breaking down you know scoring chances into into different uh into different grades i know steve valiquette does a lot with uh clear sight analytics so um you know i built sort of my own system of okay this is a this is a, a top end shot and it's going to go in on average this number of times on this many shots and mm-hmm. and sort of graded it um based on on scoring chances and, and you have to watch every game and you have to watch every shot in order to be able to do that because you know there might be 40 shots on goal, but maybe 27 of them were clear sighted shots that, you know, those are going to go in one out of every 15, 20 times. So I started breaking that down and that, and that gives you more of sort of, okay, this is what your save percentage should be in this game. And this is what it was. And it, it really is a a good indication of of how well they played. Yeah. Do you find now like that the game is not that the game has changed, but I guess it's, it's more kind of offense driven. I think teams are playing more offense focused. There's a lot more transition emphasis on quick attacks. Um, do you think that that's in turn created more scoring chances against goalies than perhaps in the past that, whether it's the pro level or junior major junior? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, and I think, you know, even go look at uh, guys like yourself that are teaching more skills and, and you know the players are becoming better and smarter and they're understanding what goalies do and how to expose them um but yeah i think the pace and the speed at which the game is played has certainly um recently even caused more problems for goaltenders you you know you're seeing it at the nhl level too right where where there is more scoring there is more scoring chances so so yeah definitely i think that's that's a huge uh, a huge aspect so with that, how how would you say your teaching style or instruction has kind of evolved over the years since starting GDI to where you guys are at now? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think I think everybody when they, when we started out was really technically driven. Mm-hmm. So you know the, the evolution of the game, uh, the, not the game, but the goaltending position was really really technically focused. Um, so I think we, a lot of guys like myself spent a lot of time really trying to create these goaltenders that are just technically perfect. And I think as, as we start to evolve, then, you know, I start to understand, well, that doesn't work all the time. And it certainly doesn't work in today's game because it's just too fast. Mm-hmm. So now how do you foster things like athleticism, ability to read the play, uh, being an, able to anticipate um, all these sorts of things. Not that, not that technically isn't important, 
but even especially at our level like once uh, once these guys get to us like you know they've had a lot of coaching mm-hmm. whereas whereas before they may have like myself like i got to the to the western rock league level i didn't have any coaching but now these guys are well coached so it's like okay here's where you, here's where your strengths lie how do we improve on those um maybe here's your weaknesses how do we improve on those um so it really has changed i think my perspective anyway um i'm looking for more ways to enhance the goaltender outside of okay you can do a perfect t push or um you can do a perfect reverse vh all that stuff is important but i think more important is is fostering goalies as an athlete and 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 building more of their athleticism and their reads and their understanding is is I mean their patience is all that stuff is really where the game is trending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like you hear about hockey IQ and reading the play all the time, talking about players. But I think for goalies, yeah, it's it's becoming just as important to have that hockey IQ and know where know what's coming, being able to anticipate stuff, make decisions. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think I think before you you know you could get away with technique because just technique because the game is way more bogged down right like there's uh, you know a lot less east west it was more tight checking um it was less scoring chances so you could play that you know perfect system that blocking style and and be successful but now you know at our level if you tried to try to do that like you would you would get exposed very quickly yeah so how do you, and this is my favorite goalie conversation, how does that translate then into like the small goalie thing? Like it used to be where defensemen had to be six feet plus, uh, then it was centermen, and now it seems to be players, as long as they can skate and make decisions, they're okay. But for goalies, if you're not like, even six two, like at six feet, you're small. Um, is that a myth? Like is it something that you can work with? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you're looking at a guy that's maybe five ten, so so I'm <laughs> I'm certainly on the small goalie. I I support the small goalie movement, but um, yeah, I think that was I think it's starting to change a little bit. To be honest, I I think that you know the six four six five six six. Yeah, there's some of them, but and some of them are incredible athletes. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. um, I think you're starting to see that you know you can this quote unquote smaller goaltender can, can survive and, and be just as successful. You don't have to look any farther than the, the WHL and CHL goalie of the year, Calgary draft pick, Dustin Wolf, as an example, like, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a monster to, to dominate the game. I think there's other attributes that you can, you can sort of make up for that size. Like obviously you can't, you know, the old saying you can't teach size and you can't and, and there is a little bit of a coverage advantage for sure, but there's certainly, you know, more than one way to play the game and, yeah. and more than one way to be successful. So, so I think, I think it is shifting a little bit. I think the, 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 the smaller goalie is getting more opportunity. And, and at the end of the day, if, if you can play and be successful, you're going to get an opportunity. So, you know, if, if you're, a, if you're five ten and you're shooting the lights out at every level, you're going to get an opportunity to move up. You yeah. know, if you're 5'10 and, and not shooting the lights out, well, you could say it's your size, or but you could say, well, maybe my performance isn't there. So there's there's different ways to look at it, and I think sometimes young goalies just 
almost defeat themselves by saying, well, I didn't get this opportunity because I'm 5'10". Well, it's like, well, maybe look inside and say, well, maybe I didn't get that opportunity because I didn't play that as well as the other guy. So, so I think, I think we're going to see some of these, you know, smaller goalies get more and more opportunity, I think, over the coming years. No, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Cause I, for me, it, like you said, like just as long as you can do your job, I don't care if you're five eight, five ten, or six six. Like just make saves, and it's. Just, I know yeah. it's such a huge conversation, and especially like at Bantam AAA games, like this goalie's only five nine, and like he's fourteen, so he may be six four, or he may only be five nine. Yeah. And it's, so is Carl Stankowski, and. Tedichuk can't be that much bigger. So, like, do you find working with smaller goalies, um, and you've had a lot of success with those smaller guys, um, is it different teaching them and working with specific stuff being at, you know, under six feet or at six feet? Um, I mean, in, in my opinion, I think every, every goalie is different, right? So, mm-hmm. so let's take a few examples, you know, just with guys playing junior that, that are quote unquote smaller. Like you look at, you look at Tedichuk and um, you can look at Burke Berkeley. You can, you know, you can look at Jared Whale who's just finished mid triple A. All three of those guys are very different. Mm-hmm. Like they all have very different strengths. Um, you know, Tedichuk is just like, he competes like, like, like nobody else. Like he gets himself out of situations. It's crazy. You know, he's, he's mentally tough. He reads the play. Well, um, he doesn't, blow you away with his speed or, or power, but he has those attributes that make him successful. You know, Berkey is like an incredible athlete. Like his athleticism is off the charts. Um, he's got the speed. He's got the quickness. He doesn't play anything like Tedichuk, and no. nor would I tell him to play like anything like Tedichuk. And, you know, Walesy is a powerful guy and a powerful smaller guy. Like he's like, his strength is incredible. And, and, you know, he's a good puck stopper. He, he reads shots well. Um, so he has those strengths. So, so to answer your question is there's not a, there's not a formula for a small goaltender because and, – and there's not a formula for a big goaltender. Like, in my opinion, every goalie has different attributes that make them successful. And my job as a goalie coach and, and the goalie's job is to figure out, okay, what are my strengths and, and, and play towards them. You know, I call them – I call them their foundation keys. It's like, okay, what are your foundation keys that make you successful? Um, you know, not the other guy. So it's, you know, like Tedichuk has five keys that are way different than Brian Thompson's five keys because they're completely different goaltenders. So right. I think the more coaches can treat goalies um, individually and, and not paint them with a, you know, a broad brush, um, then you're going to see goalies of all sizes and 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 you know attributes succeed i think at the end of the day that's our job right mm-hmm. um yeah and on that we'll move into just coaching and having i guess uh the coach's relationship with goalies um i think one of the things that i've heard quite often especially since i started doing stuff in the spring is um well my son that you know for him being at practice it's a waste of time um and I've never ever thought that because I think anytime you're getting a chance to make a save is probably that's purposeful. Um, but I know that, that is the mindset of some goalie parents. Um, so I guess 
thoughts on that and also how coaches can inter integrate or uh, involve goalies into practices better integrate yeah yeah looking for. integrate yeah <laughs> okay two good questions <laughs> i'll start with the uh the coaches side just you know what coaches can do to sort of you know help their goal to you know goalies are obviously as you know you've coached long enough like they're going to provide the greatest single impact on team success mm -hmm. so you know, for a coach, how do we, you know, help them out in practice? Let's, let's be honest. You got, let's say 20 player, 18 to 20 players and two goalies. So where are you going to spend more time focusing? Yeah. Obviously on the players, but there's, there's simple things coaches can do. And, and one is, is one is provide, a, you know, a good warm up off the start and, and a good warm up is an outside shot, but more importantly, spacing in between the shots. Mm hmm because as a goaltender, the thing that frustrates goalies the most is there's two things. The frequency which the shots are coming. So it's like bang, 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 bang. It's impossible for them to track. It's impossible for them to, you know, you're asking them to go up and down 250 times in five minutes is not a good recipe for, you know, their knees, their hips and success <laughs> anyway. So um and, and location where the guys shoot so if the drill is if the drill is the guy receives the puck and he's coming down the wall like have him stay down the wall because mm -hmm. goalies hate it when they're just allowed to cut in the middle and all of a sudden they come in and now they're shooting from the hash marks and yeah. okay like so that's that's the biggest thing mistake i sort of see is is with coaches is that they they don't maybe think about the goalie's perspective when, when yeah. they, when they go into shooting drills. And I understand that not every drill is going to be goalie orientated, nor do we expect it to be. But if you can get a good start off uh, right off the hop for your goaltender, then he's going to be in a better mindset for the rest of the practice. Yeah. Um, so that would be one thing I think coaches can do. Also, I like you have to have some game realistic drills. Yeah, because if it's just constant, just straight line shooting with with no interference or no, um, you know, they they just come in uncontested. Uh, it's not realistic for the goaltender. So some sort of realistic drill, whether it's a two on one, um, where your D actually has to defend, or a three on two, or if it's a screens or or whatever, you know, integrate some realistic stuff. But the goalies have a part in this too because. You know, I see it often enough and, and see it at our level too, where you know, guys are complaining all the time about practice or complaining all the time about a specific drill. You know, that, and that just, it, it kills your practice because you, you get in the wrong mindset and then you're not accomplishing anything. You're standing out on the ice for an hour, an hour and a half, and, and you're not getting any, any better. So maybe the drill isn't great for you, goalies. Fine. Pick something in that drill that you can focus on. One thing, one skill, one thing that you can get out of the drill yourself. And then your focus isn't on, well, this drill sucks. Your focus is on, okay, this is what I need to do this drill. So maybe I'm really going to focus on my tracking. Yeah, the guy's coming down the pipe and allowed to shoot from wherever, but I'm really going to make sure I track the puck all the way. Or maybe it's as much as I can, I want to try to get a stick on a puck on this drill. Okay, anything along the ice, my stick is going to get it or rebound control, whatever it is. Find something that you can draw from the drill mm -hmm. because, you know, you get in that negative mindset and then you're not accomplishing anything. And what I tell our guys in Leverage is that get something out of it. But two, 
make your practices hard, make it hard, make it so that it's, it's tough. And then your games are going to be easy. Mm -hmm. So if you can train, like you're competing for every save, you're trying to make every save and, and you make that practice, like, I want you gas by the end of a drill because you're competing and you're not quitting. And then you're going to go in and then all of a sudden your games become easier because you're, you know, in a way building your mental toughness too, right? When you're, when you're, when you're competing and working that way too. So there's a long-winded answer on. on oh, that's, those. that's good. Um, and you kind of mentioned uh, game situations. Um, so I guess what are your thoughts on, there's been a big push for more small area games um, and practices. It's something I'm very big on. Um, what do you think, what are your thoughts on the impact or effect that that has with uh, goalies? I think it's great for, couple reasons for guys. I think it's great. One is their, their battle compete. It forces them to compete. Mm -hmm. um, two, it, it, it really forces them to get a little bit creative because the smaller area games, there's players are allowed to do more with the puck and they can, and the players can be more creative, but we can be more creative too. Okay, we can get more active with our stick. We can be more active with poke checking. We can, um, maybe make a save selection that we wouldn't normally do. Like it, it gives the goalie a little bit of creative space too, which I think is important in, mm -hmm. in developing their, their athleticism and, and developing sort of their, their goalie athleticism, right? It's like, can you, you know, put yourself in a, in a weird position to make a save? Like how many, how many times you see those on the highlight reel? It's not conventional stuff on the highlight reel. It's like, can you put yourself in a, in a difficult spot and, and make a save? So, so I think those are two things. And again, the goalie has to be in the right mindset to, to be able to, to work on those things. Right. And you can't get mad and, you know, bang your stick cause you're getting scored. You're going to get scored on in smaller games. I'm sorry. I don't care how good you are. Mm -hmm. um, but it's again, what can you take away from those or, or, you know, what can you focus on so that it's not a terrible thing for you? Yeah. Um, you mentioned it a few times compete. Um, I think with goalies, sometimes, you know, when practices are designed where it's just the guy coming in to the hash marks, ripping a shot, it's hard for them to really establish any sort of compete. And it's easy, I think, for them sometimes to hide it. And it's more subtle. So you, as coaches, you don't notice as much. Um, small area games, obviously, is a lot different. I think compete and work ethic can be exposed, whether good or bad. Um, is it something that you think you can teach or implement or kind of force goalies to have that compete in work ethic? Um, yeah, I don't know if you can ever force it. Um, it's certainly something I, I always address with my goalies is that, you know, from, from my perspective, um, you know, I want to see my guys competing at all times, but, you know, the thing I try to relay is that a coach like yourself wants to see that you're competing in there. Mm -hmm. Your players want to see that you're competing in there. There's nothing worse for coaches and players than a goalie that's not trying in practice. You, you build no faith in, in your, with your coach. You build no faith with your players. And, and ultimately, you start to, you know, sometimes you say you, you lose the room a little bit, right, mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're not trying and competing. So, and, and that goes back to my saying is, like, make your practices hard. So, yeah, you want to stop every shot. I don't care if you're dead tired. You want to make every save. Um, so if you, can, if you can instill that as sort of like a, not a mantra, but it's just like that's the expectation 
then then hundred percent you can it's something that's quote maybe teachable i guess but yeah. um it's not, i guess it's not teachable but it's it's more for me it's an expectation like you're expected to compete all the time you're expected to try to make saves like that's that's why you have the gear on like <laughs> that's mm-hmm. your job right so and, and no all the drills aren't fun i'm not like i'm not saying that i you know i I was the worst practice goalie ever. So for me to, <laughs> so for me to come around now and like, I'm a bit of a hypocrite now, but I've seen, I've seen the reasons why you should be because, you know, I, I was coaching after two years and not playing after two years. So, <laughs> so I can relay that, I can relay that message too, but yeah. um, not all the drills are fun, but just like, like how you have to make fun out of it. Like, and competing is, you know, part of the fun of it all. Yeah, and you maybe don't get it out of the drill, but we do our when we do our technical stuff. Like, yeah, the the players will come out, and you know, I usually have two or three guys that always love to come out and shoot. And, and yeah, the first part of the drill is maybe working on something specific, but it's like boom, if that if there's a rebound, that thing's live, mm-hmm. and and we're playing it. And I I want you to play it, and I want you to compete, and I want the players to want to compete and score. And I don't care if they make a two backdoor passes and and score like that's fine like that's how we we get better and, and put ourselves in those positions and and become more athletic too right right um just a couple last ones here for you um i guess best goalie that uh, you played with you there best goalie i played with yeah oh geez all, all my team are against her uh on your team goalie partner goalie partner oh we didn't play long enough to 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 get to get enough options but um my my partner my first year in pg he was only a year older than me we were we were really good friends scott myers he was a fourth round pick to uh to the penguins um you know i i remember him most just because probably because we were such good buddies and good friends and and you know coming into the league and at 17 and and to have somebody you know sort of help you out and and uh and be a good pal he's probably um and he he was like he was good he, he was <laughs> he was athletic and he just made saves and and um so you know he comes to mind right away martin villeneuve i played with in columbia in the east coast league yeah, obviously he's a he's a Quebec goalie and and he he sort of he woke me up to like okay this this is how you should work and in he had lots of time in the A and and you know he was a seasoned pro and I was just getting into pro but um, sort of just an understanding of like okay this is what it means to be a pro and and I didn't have that and and uh, the way he worked in practice and the way you know, he competed and carried himself. I would, I would probably, you know, he's another guy that, that jumps off the, off the page for sure. Um, you know, I went to uh, five Vancouver Canucks training camps. So I saw lots of guys there, uh, lots of different goalies. There's lots of goalies throughout those five years in Vancouver. So, um, you know, there were some guys there too, like Dan Cloutier, um was there. Alex Ald was around the same age as me. So, so he was there at the same time. Um, so just being able to see those guys, I think, like you never played with them, but just to see him in camp is is was a pretty cool experience for me anyway. Yeah. Did you have a Cluche helmet? 
I did. Did you actually? I hundred percent did. My first year. No way. Uh, <laughs> in PG, yeah, I, I rocked it all year. They, the coach, she was trying to get me to change it, and I'm like, oh, I tried it a couple times, and it's like I, I couldn't stand it. Like I couldn't stand the mass. Right. So yeah, I had the old, uh, the old SK two thousand with the, <laughs> we had the cat eye, right? So. When I played in, in the Western League, you could have the cat eye. So, yeah, I rocked it and got mocked for it. But uh, I loved it. I thought I could see way better out of it. <laughs> Did you have that, like, your whole playing career or just in the Western League? Uh, no, I never wore a mask up until my second year in the Western League. Really? So I always had the uh, – and my parents bought me some. And I just – I would try them and be like, I, I don't yeah. like it. I can't. I can't see well out of it. So, yeah, I had the SK2000 with the cage my uh, pretty much my whole career. And then, uh, and then added the cat eye my first year junior and then, and then went to the, obviously, the, the iTech mask after that. But, but we had the advantage, too. We could wear the cat eyes in the Western League. And yeah. um, I think after my last year is when they, they went back to the – or they went to the CSA ones. We just had to sign a waiver saying – if uh, if he got hurt, it was it was our fault basically, and we, we could we could wear them. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, you've talked about it a little bit, like that each goalie's uh, just has their own unique skill set, um, and kind of what makes them different. Is there anyone that comes to mind, or you just think of like the best goalie that you've worked with, or just most unique goalie that you've worked with? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think. A while ago, there was more uniqueness in the position. Like, like if you go back and, and look at, at goalies, it's like they all had, like, very, very distinct style, whether it was their, you know, their gear or how they play. Like, if you saw Patrick Wall, you knew it was Patrick Wall. You didn't, you know, you didn't have to see the name on his back, right? Like, um, so, yeah, that, like, the uniqueness. One guy I remember, uh, you know, working with Ian Clark, we had an opportunity to work with pros in the, in the summer and I was just starting out too. So, you know, some of them are around almost around the same age as me, but uh, one guy that jumped like Cam Ward was always really good at learning a skill and very, very quickly. Like mm -hmm. um, another one was Dan Blackburn before he, uh, before he was injured, like he was an exceptional talent. Like he yeah, would have been good. amazing in, in the NHL and, you know, it's it's those guys' ability to just like, if you tell them a, you know, a pointer, and it's like boom, the next rep they have it. Like to me, that's like a really good indication of a goaltender that's you know elite or going to be really good. Is like, okay, here's what I'm seeing, and then you go into the next rep, and it's like boom, they have it. Um, so I always, uh, you know, that's sort of a unique quality. I think I don't think a lot of a lot of goalies can process and make that change very quickly yeah. um you know there's lots of guys that that had a different style back then too right like um but now you're starting to you know you're starting to see a little bit more but goalies a lot they look a lot alike now like there isn't yeah. Uh, yeah, as yeah. there isn't as much of that uniqueness i would say but but those are you know that ability that trait to me is is unique and and those are a couple of guys that were, I was like blown away with how quickly they could adapt to, to anything you told them. Mm -hmm. No, that's interesting. 
Um, okay, well, that's all I had for you. Unless there's anything else you wanted to add? No, nothing else. Is thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, and thanks for all the work you're doing with uh, mental health awareness. Too, you should keep that up. That's you're doing a great job. No, I appreciate that.